Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. This is the Massachusetts Performance Podcast, brought to you by Matthew Micheroni and Bobby Dattero. Hey guys, today we're going to podcast and talk a little bit more about our recent post on Mass Performance Instagram about pharma carries and every other uh, carry variation. So to start it off, we're going to discuss what is a carry, three best variations, those will be farmer, suitcase, and bottom up. After that, we're going to go into how do we program it, weight, frequency, sets and reps. And at the end, we're just going to have an open discussion based off how we feel about the information we discussed. All the carry truly is, is transportation of an object from one place to another. We pick something up and we walk with it. Now we can do that in a number of different ways and the different ways we do that can actually change what we want or what we're doing with the exercise. Um, the most classic one is a farmer carry. Farmer carry is two hands, equal weight, walking. That can be done with dumbbells, can be done with kettlebells, or you could use farmer carry handles. I've even used plates. You know, you just get a little creative sometimes with what you have. Um, second, a suitcase carry is holding the dumbbell only in one hand. Again, you can use a kettlebell, you can use a handle, you can use dumbbells. doesn't matter what you use, but it's only on one side. The other side is empty, forcing that stabilization. The third is bottoms up. Bottoms up has to be done with a kettlebell because it needs to have the weight and we need to hold that kettlebell upside down in order for it to be a bottoms up carry. Which one's the best? Honestly, they all are. So we'll just talk about each one for a little bit individually. Um... What's a farmer carry train? Obviously, it's a total body movement. You get recruitment of your traps, lats, your whole trunk, pretty much your torso, and glutes. It requires stabilization of, from the midline of the body. How do you do it? To do it correctly, you want to start with the weights in each hand. Start with an equal weight. From there, you want to hold it off your sides. You want to mentally picture punching the weight into the ground. So you're going to squeeze the hell out of these bells or dumbbells, whatever you have available, Hold it about an inch or two off your legs. Something here is don't let your traps overtake the movement. I don't want to see you shrug up. I want you to press down, elongate, right? When you press down, you're really condensing that cylinder. What I mean by cylinder is your trunk. You're really forcing your trunk to activate and stabilize your body. Another common mistake that I see with the pharma carry is people let it rest against their sides. When you let the weight rest against your side, you're cheating the lift. You're providing extra stability So now you can probably hold a heavier load, but you're not getting the maximum benefits. The final common mistake I generally see a lot with athletes is people will program these carries, but they won't have them do it in a controlled manner. You have to do the lift controlled. You have to almost visually picture that there's two water buckets on each side and you can't spill any of the water. 
By doing that, you're allowing your body to stabilize. Next up, we're going to discuss the suitcase carry. Uh, Bobby's going to go over it, kind of the same things, but for a different lift. All right, so with the suitcase carry, we only have the dumbbell on one side. So what I see more often is the same dumbbell hitting the hip. We don't want it on the hip. We want it off the hip. I also really like the single arm carry or a suitcase carry because it forces uh, athletes, anyone, to resist lateral flexion. Resisting lateral flexion is a really important movement for athletes, and it's actually hard to train. You have your side plank variations, but there's not a lot of other great ways to resist lateral flexion. And the carry can be a really, really effective way to do that. So I do like, I'm a huge fan of single arm carries, but we will see a more athletes will be more prone to keep that on their hips. So they have to get it off of there. So we're going to have to come down and wait compared to a farmer carry. Athletes should walk with ridiculously good posture. The tendency is to lean with it or against it, depending on where the athlete's stronger or depending on what the weight is and what else they're doing. So it's almost like pretending the weight isn't there. How would we walk? How would we walk? Now just add the dumbbell to it. And athletes should stay balanced as they walk, not leaning towards the outside or the insides of the feet or increasing steps, frequency, or trying to rush it, any of that. It's walking with ridiculously good posture, almost pretending that that dumbbell isn't even there while you're walking. I agree. I think um, for people who just want to know, a common weight that most of these issues will show up, especially with your male athletes, is probably anything over 45 to 50 pounds. Now, is a lean necessarily bad? No, as long as we can control it. A slight lean is fine as long as it doesn't alter their posture. If they're still in a straight line from their head to their toes, you can get away with a tiny bit of a lean. You're just counterbalancing yourself to the weight. Something else I want to add to that, a common mistake I see is that opposite hand. A lot of times the opposite hand is floppy, right? You need to drive tension almost like you have two kettlebells or two dumbbells again. I want you to punch your opposite hand down and away, keeping that shoulder anti-shrug pretty much. I want you to anti-shrug into the ground and almost pretend there's a bell in that hand. That's going to provide a little more stability and allow your body to understand the timing and coordination of the suitcase carry. It also increases the effectiveness of the movement because if you can create tension on the opposite side, it's got, like the body doesn't work in pieces. It works together. So if you can create tension on that opposite side, you're going to build tension through your midline, therefore making the lift all the more effective. Yeah. It, the body craves symmetry. I understand people say we don't live in a symmetrical environment. I agree. But just to go down the rabbit hole for 30 seconds, if you look, a lot of times the body wants to be symmetrical. It needs opposite tension and relaxation between different muscles. And if one area doesn't have it, it's going to give it somewhere else. So a lot of times what you'll see, if you don't have your athlete actively punch away that arm and anti-shrug, the non-weight-bearing arm, they'll shrug up. But that shrug up is getting a little more trap activation and it's helping them counterbalance it. But as we know, that's not the correct motion we're looking for. All right, for the final variation, we're going to talk about a suitcase carry or a bottoms-up carry, sorry. Um, the bottoms-up is probably one of the hardest out of all of them to teach and do correctly. I really like the bottoms up carry. It forces a lot of shoulder stability. So it becomes one of my favorites for 
baseball players or really I mean obviously anyone that needs to improve their stability in their in their shoulders but it 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 ends up being really good for a lot of baseball players a lot of overhead athletes anyone that's hypermobile um so I use it I will use it a lot the bottoms up carry so you, what you want to do is you want to get your upper arm parallel to the ground then you bend at 90 degrees at the elbow as well. So you're making a 90-90 bend with your arm and holding that kettlebell straight in the air. As you walk, the elbow doesn't drop. You don't lean. Don't change your posture. Don't change your step frequency. And that elbow should be right out in front of you, not out to the side, not diagonal. Straight out in front, 90-90 is what we're looking for in execution of the carry. Um, what we will see sometimes is the kettlebell starts falling all over the place probably too heavy you're going to use a ridiculously light kettlebell and it's going to seem embarrassing but if you walk far enough and if you keep your positions good enough this exercise is going to be extremely beneficial to you i do agree with that um some things i want to add on how to do it the beautiful thing about the bottoms up carry is you can either do single or double arm with that in mind you still want to have the same principle of anti-shrugging to the ground a lot of times you're going to see your athletes and gen pop clients want to shrug up to help hold that weight. Now, could that be right or wrong? I'm not a physical therapist or a doctor. I don't know. But based off movement and what we know about movement, we really want to push your shoulder down, anti-shrug, lock in that cylinder like we spoke of before, hold it, be in a great position. Other issues you'll see athletes a lot is they'll pick the weight up and as they go on steps, they might flare their ribs out, right? They're losing control of their torso and they're making up for it with bone-on-bone -bone stability, which you really don't want. Something else I will see a lot too is, like Bobby said, is they'll lose control of the kettlebell. You have to actively tell them to squeeze as hard as they can. By squeezing that, we're going to trick the central nervous system into getting greater recruitment of muscle fibers to help hold it in place. Now, if you're doing a single arm bottoms up carry, you want the other arm to almost mirror the same position. You're going to get your body a little more symmetrical, which is going to make the lift a little easier, but we still have the same benefits. You got anything else to add before we go to the next segment? No, it's just a couple of things. So if you, uh, in terms of like shrugging, shrugging the kettlebell, you're going to lose rotator cuff benefit and scap stability benefit if you're using your traps to provide the stability. We want to get the muscles that are attaching to the shoulder blade to kind of do it and not just holding tension in the upper trap. Also, when you grip a kettlebell or yeah, when you grip the kettlebell, and you squeeze that thing as hard as you can, the harder you squeeze, you're gonna get better rotator cuff involvement. Both of those aspects are things that are highly desirable in this carry variation. That's a good point. So on to our next topic, how do we program? Weight, frequency, sets, and reps. So when it comes to weight, we'll, all, we'll just talk about the pharma carry first. We'll go through each lift. For me, I generally start, if I have kettlebells, I'm gonna start an average male client probably with the 44s. Or for those of you who are very big into kilos, we're looking at 20 kilos. For my female clients, we'll dump down to the 35, 16, and nothing's set in stone. We can go forward and back. It is very challenging for them. Uh, frequency, for a pharma carry, if that's all we're doing, I'm going to do it once or twice a week. I feel like there's a lot of uh, added benefits to it. Generally, it's going to be in my C or D block of training. Sets and reps, I found really good uh, success with doing maybe three sets of 30 steps or three sets of 30 seconds. Something I do like about added time instead of like using a set duration, or like for example, um, time beats distance. The reason, you can't cheat time. 
what you'll notice if you tell your athletes they need to go 25 yards down and back, they might give you a really good 15 to 20 yards to start, but on the way back, as they're getting tired, their grip grows, it looks really sloppy. And they'll kind of rush through it and try to finish a lift because at the end of the day, they just want to play their sport and they're forced to do this. Or it's accessory work, it's not a squat. They don't really understand. And you can I, I explain as best as you can to your athletes. I'm telling you, it doesn't always work. But if you give them a set time, maybe 15 to 20 seconds, you can really hammer home those mechanics. How do you do the farmer carry? Yeah, farmer carry, I like it. I use it as like its own strength exercise because I like it that much for the benefits. And I'm usually working with younger athletes that have no experience with gripping anything. So I typically will always start a little bit lighter. You know, if I get a middle school kid, I give them 20s or so. 20 pound dumbbells and you know if they're a little bit older i just make them demonstrate to me that they can go up i I tell i tell them all the time the farmer carry itself as long as you aren't falling over stumbling can be loaded pretty aggressively so if if an athlete grabs 25 pounds to start easy go to 30 easy go to 35 they might they may make a 20 15 20 pound jump just from set one to set four just because we're, you know, we're kind of feeling out the process and obviously we just monitor to make sure it all looks good. I like that. All right, so next up we got the suitcase. On the suitcase, generally the weight's gonna be a lot lighter. So what I gave you for the farmer about 20 kilos and 16, I'm gonna dump that down four kilos each. So for American weight, generally a male to make it look good will start around 35 pounds and the female's gonna be anywhere from 15 to 20 pounds. Now frequency, this is a little more stressful than the farmer carry because like Bobby was talking about, you have to resist lateral flexion so you have sheer force on the spine that you don't really experience with the farmer carry, so it takes longer to recover from. So for this, I find great, uh, I think once a week is perfect. Once a week is just enough to get what you need. Sets and reps, same idea. I'm probably gonna do three sets of 15, 20 to 30 seconds, depending on the age of the athlete, their concentration level, will they do it correctly? Generally, if I know I have a, a low concentration group, we're gonna do a little more sets with less time. I feel like I can get a better stimulus. So an example is like when I was working with the football guys at St. Francis University, we did five sets of, or five or six sets of 10 seconds where I just get them to walk perfectly straight for 10 seconds. It was hard, but it wasn't hard enough where they wanted to cheat the lift. Yeah, so I'll use single arm carries as part of my core work. So that might be one of the first things we do in a given day. Um, I like to keep them away from like a deadlift day or a heavy gripping day, but I'll use three sets. Uh, my, my typical go-to is about 30 yards. That's because that's the length of our turf. It's an easy number. We have that space. And that's just sort of you know what I'm used to. 30 yards is nothing special about the number. It's just what we have, so it's what we go with. Flows. Yeah. And it, you know, if, um, like if we ever had less turf or there's not enough space, you know, I go a touch heavier and we just cut the, cut the weight down. It's you know, the typical – I don't think there is a typical ideal – Number and distance, you know, go with what you have, go with what looks good, and, you know, cut it off before it gets crappy. Um, again, I'll stick to about three sets there, and the weight is significantly lighter because the heavier the weight gets, the more likelihood it's going to end up on the hip, and the more likely that the lift is going to get wasted. So I will actually force athletes to go a lot more conservative on that one specifically because I am looking so heavily into the core activation. All right, next up we have the bottoms up carry. Um, for this, we'll just say, we'll go single arm bottoms up carry. Uh, that's the most common variation. For me, how often do I train it? The frequency, we're gonna go once a week. Uh, once a week is very beneficial. You'll either see it as part of the warm up, 
or like I said again in the C or D block. Um, it really just depends on what we're doing that day. I like to pair it with uh, days that we have overhead pressing. Uh, weight, the weight on this, like Bobby spoke about, for my males, I'd probably try to start you 25 to 35 pounds. I want it challenging, I want it hard, but I don't want you to have to cheat and get those compensation patterns. For my women, female athletes, we generally start between 10 to 25. I had some really strong females who could do a lot of weight, and I've seen ones who can handle it correctly. So that's just, it varies, I hate that answer, but that's the truth. For sets and reps, same idea. Three by 30 seconds, maybe five by 10 seconds each side. Or similar to what Bobby said, if I'm somewhere where we don't have a clock, I might just tell you to walk the distance of X amount of turf, then switch sides and come back. Yeah, when well my bottom's up, Carrie, the most popular kettlebell we use for that is 8K, about 17 pounds. Um, that's for most males and females. A weaker person, we're going to move them to 6 or 4K. And a stronger person is just going to move it up to even up to 12K. I've never really seen anything go well with 14K or higher. So 14K, we're talking about 30 pounds. Um, I obviously don't have as strong of a population as Matt probably does in the collegiate setting. Um, so that's why my numbers are probably a little bit lower on that one. Um, I will use that also as part of either core work or it'll be as like a shoulder activation with a, with a bigger lift. Like if they're jumping or throwing a med ball, something that doesn't, again, I don't want to like fry everyone's grip. I'll throw it in with that or I'll throw it in as part of core work. I probably would only pair it with either probably a double arm farmer carry. I probably wouldn't include it in a program that also has a single arm uh, suitcase carry. And the distance will be the same. I'll probably send people about 30 yards, maybe 20, depending on how strong they are or not. I like it. I thought those were some good points. Something else I want to cover is just what does it actually work and why? We kind of touched on it, but it really does work the core. It teaches your trunk how to stabilize in a dynamic environment when you're moving. But a lot of times, a big issue I see that people run into in the collegiate sector is they just don't have space to do it. So I just want to give you some options on what, how you can program it. Say if you're stuck at a rack, you don't have space. A, put it in your warm-up. But here's the counter argument. We don't have enough space to effectively do the carry in the warm-up. That's a great point. I've ran into that issue too. But what you can do is think of some basic human movement patterns. Uh, a, a half kneeling position, a tall kneeling, a standing. And you can, do, I call, you can do standing on one leg if you got really fancy. But you can do that in position for time. You could also have one day you can warm up with the farmer carry where it's on your cadence. You can have each weight in each uh, at the platform and you can have a march in place on your cadence. You can march in place. You can do the same with the suitcase carry. There's a lot of variations. No one says, like we, we talked about, that you have to move to get the benefits of these lifts. You can do them still. You can yeah. do them in place. Yeah, and I've used, I've used um, both single arm and bottoms up. We've done holds for time and we've also done... Um, some variations where you can start kneeling on both knees, hold the dumbbell either by your side, hold the bottoms up position, and then you need to go from kneeling to standing in order to simulate. It's 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 harder than walking, but it's just another variation if you're tight on space. It doesn't require any actual space outside of where your athlete is. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and um. There's really no excuse when you truly think about it. There's so many variations you can use. You don't need space. Everyone thinks it's a big space-oriented lift. 
but you don't need too much space for it to be effective. Now, um, for our last, is there any extra points you want to bring up about this? Um, I mean, in terms of just carries, I mean, just making sure that they don't turn into like some kind of big feats of strength. I mean, obviously I want people to go as heavy as they can when they can, but at the same time, they are just carries. We're usually using them for core work. We're usually using them for grip strength. Those are both smaller movements. So don't worry about the amount of weight as long as it's something that is challenging enough. But again, it doesn't need to be this superhuman effort. No, I agree. Something else you could do with them, now that I think about it, is you don't always have to progress the weight. For an example, if you're in a common weight room, say you don't have kettlebells and you only have dumbbells, you have a female team, generally they're going to all, you could program as much as you want, but probably when you get around to like 40% of their body weight, they're going to really struggle in each hand, so, or total. Like, so say if you got 35s, most times you probably only have two sets of 35s, but you have a whole bunch of females, right? You have, you're training 30 girls at a time, so now the question is, how do I do that? This could be a great time to invest in fat grips. You could wrap towels around the dumbbell. You can change the nature of the lift by increasing the grip, uh, grip width. If you increase the grip width, you make it harder and you make a lighter weight more challenging and you're still driving benefits and adaptation so you can progress it throughout the semester. That's a really good point. I'm a big fan of changing, changing the grip strength or the grip demand because you can take Instead of using like a 35-pound dumbbell, you can probably take a 15-pound dumbbell and make it really, really challenging. Yeah. There's so many things you can do to make it more challenging besides increasing the weight. Um, so just some more casual extra points. My biggest pet peeve is when I see people post pharma carries and the weight's banging against their leg. Yeah. Well, it's not a carry anymore. Yeah. It's I think just, a lot of... It's just you out there, you know, trying to do something that's too damn heavy for you. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget... To do the carry, it takes a lot of coordination, but they I think what happens a lot is they see these strong men who can carry like three, 400 pounds, and they don't understand the carry has a means to an end, which is to teach your body to exist in space and be able to dynamically stabilize the core while moving. So it'll transfer to support. But they'll see the guys, the strong men who need, it's part of their, it's part of their training, like they have to carry hundreds and hundreds of pounds for distance. So if it hits their leg, are they gonna drop it and be like, no, I'm doing it wrong? No, they're competing. Exactly. That it, it is it is part of their sport. If part yeah. of your sport includes holding dumbbells against your hips and doing God knows what, go for it. Yeah. But guess they, what? There's only one sport where that is an activity. Yeah. And strongman when they do the, the, the pharma carry, like part of their job is to get the heaviest weight for the longest distance possible in X amount of time. Now if it hits your leg, yeah, you're doing it wrong, but I'm not gonna put it down and be like, guys, stop that clock. I gotta reset myself. No, it's the same thing. Like I always say football. It's like, you know, in training, what, what if I said, you know, all right, so this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to line up across from each other. We're going to run as fast as we can. We're going to hit each other as hard as possible. No, it sounds primitive. It sounds dumb, but that's what football is. And it's just remembering that what the actual activity is isn't the most ideal training method. Exactly. I think that's a great point. Uh, to sum this up, make sure you look at our Instagram post on mass performance. You'll generally see something that lines up with what we're talking about. We'll go in further discussion here. We'll have a brief videos to show these lifts with the um, explanation underneath. Remember to like, subscribe, and uh, please listen. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, don't be afraid to slide into our DMs and let us know what we can do better. Thank you guys for listening.